What's up, everyone? This is your host, Daniel. And Javi, and you're listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We're just two brown best amigos talking about everything and anything through a Latino and indigenous perspective. In this podcast, we uplift indigenous and Latino insights on a variety of topics that highlight the intersectionality of both cultures. Expect some tears, joy, and definitely laughter. Imagine chilling with your two best friends, talking smack, and throwing a little shade. <laughs> <laughs> What is up, everybody? This is your favorite Daniel and Javi. After taking a break uh, for a week, we mm-hmm. are back with the Brown Sound Podcast, Season 5, Episode 12. And today, like every day, because I say this every day, is a yeah. good day, you know? I, it is. It, you, it need is. A, you need to <laughs> speak what you want into existence, and I want a good day after this morning. Uh, you know, some people just be getting on my nerves, everybody. Oh, yeah, I know. I Trust me, I know. I People every day usually get on my nerves, but <laughs> I'm like turning into like i feel like i'm turning into my dad you know just always grouchy you know yeah just like i i wonder if that's a thing because i and i get it like at this this point in my life like all the things that happen i'm like no wonder older people are irritated all the time like Mm -hmm. they just don't have time for anybody's bs anymore (laughs) i I don't know that's a that's a thing but i chicks i wanted to ask about a couple things you have a holiday today so you didn't you didn't have work today yeah so today Thursday, what is today? October 5th. I was like, what's the date today? See, I'm also behind on my my dates. But October 5th, it's our... So today marks a big like holiday in in my tribe's culture. Um, It is the the last war of the War of 1877, the Nez Perce Wars. So it was against Mm -hmm. the Nez Perce versus the U.S. Calvary. And uh, today's uh, memorial that they're doing in Montana is over in the Montana area where the Nez Perce were trying to flee to Canada to get away from the U.S. US. But uh, the, you know, like the US, a bunch of snakes, you know, they're, you know, they attacked the, my tribe as they were asleep and they killed a lot of women and kids. So a lot of um, elders, elders, women and children died in this war because the, the the army, you know, they shot into the teepees and they attacked when they were asleep. So shout out to the US for, you know, being assholes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, so usually every year we have this day out, we have three different war memorials that our tribe recognizes and uh, they do ceremonies for so today we have that day off so i did want to acknowledge that so i'm you know out here in the i guess i'm i don't know with the ancestors today outside i'm recording today's episode (laughs) from outside it's nice out it's like 70 something degrees and so i'm like i gotta enjoy the sun before the seasonal depression hits in because it usually hits me pretty hard once it's winter time and so yeah i'm enjoying it hopefully i don't get stung by a bee though because there's a lot of bees out here still so i'm on on defense you just gotta do a little dance chickens to get yeah. out of their way yeah yeah <laughs> just <laughs> just do the cupid shuffle on the yeah. beast the way. wobble yeah. de rodeo, yeah. <laughs> you ever you ever notice when you were a kid like whenever you're like play fighting with your friends or do you ever make the sound effects though like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Like, did you ever do that when you were little? Um, yeah, but mine were in Spanish. They were wapush. And <laughs> yeah. they were... <laughs> um, uh, what does it sound like in Spanish? <laughs> What the? <laughs> no, I always remember when Mateo and I were younger, we'd always joke around and we'd be like, Wah-push! like just like making a like, very dramatic over that, people. Be like, what the heck? 
that reminds me, I saw this Insta reel where this guy was, it was a guy who's in like a van and they had a speaker out in like some like big community space and there would be like people working out or walking down steps and they'd be like, <laughs> and then the people walking were like, what? What's going on? Yeah. Was, we should do that. Funny. You have to we, prank should do, people. we should do brown town pranks and then just go out oh, and terrorize can, everybody. Oh, that's an we idea. Can, we can do it in Boise because I feel like that town isn't like, they don't probably got a lot of tough people, you know, like strong people that be like, it's probably a lot of people that wear like those strap sandals and, you know, they can't beat us up. So <laughs> I don't know if we could do that in the right. Caldwell Walmart you're, you're or the like, Napa one. Yeah, no, we, we couldn't do it here. We can't do it in Cabo, but in Boise, um, everybody would drive Subaru, so we'd be fine. Yeah, we'd be all right. We'd be, we'd be good. We'd be. We know. Yeah. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. But yeah, Chigex, how how have you been? You know, it's been. Uh, I mean, obviously, we, we don't just talk when we record the podcast, but I mean, I guess for our <laughs> listeners, they probably wondering what's been going on. I think, they, yeah, you know, wondering true. are you still single? Are you still ready to mingle? From <laughs> I'm still single uh, from Lunas to Domingo, and I'm ready to mingle. What's up? Nah, just kidding. But oh, I uh, I want to talk about this weekend. So first of all, I want to say yes, we took a week off because no one pays us. So you're you know welcome. We still do. <laughs> this for you but for free. <laughs> the, the other thing i would say is i um i went to portland this weekend with some close mm. friends for a uh close friends baby shower and i'm actually gonna uh without introducing her she's just gonna talk i want to <laughs> talk a little bit about this weekend because anai was there um and we actually have anai as a special guest here so we'll introduce in a second but um we went up and just had the best time i have not laughed that much in a long time I was like, whose dog is that? (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. Um, Hola. That, that, that sounds like a that sounds like a Spanish dog to me because I heard wow 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 wow. Yeah. <laughs> Se llama Rocky. Oh yeah, it's a Latino dog. I knew. I, Latino dogs bark yeah. different. I just knew it. I knew it. No, uh, Anaí, what was okay? So first, let me go back. Our our good friend is Junior, who's been on the show. So Junior had the episode on the Tessie, if y'all remember. His uh, episode was actually on mental health, but the whole episode. <laughs> talked about it wasn't even like about mental health this is about how rich junior is <laughs> that he's was gonna, a fun episode though he's gonna hate me for doing this but um i so first of all congratulations to junior because junior mm-hmm. is expecting they have a baby on the way with his partner brad and mm-hmm. it was just a really good fancy baby shower so very I, very bougie right it was bougie yeah. like junior would do but here's the thing so <laughs> We, we get an email invite to RSVP, and you already know that that's like a white people thing. Because, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, Latinos you know, just show up. Yeah. You just, yeah. So, usually, that, you just tell, you tell your mom, and then they'll tell everybody, and then everyone just shows up. That's yeah, all. yeah. And Native you aim in the dark at like how many, how much food you should buy <laughs> yeah, or drink because yeah. you have no idea who's just, actually yeah. showing up yeah. or not. But <laughs> I will say this about Latino families whenever we have events like this, because they're in the dark, we always make sure that there'll be enough food. So, there's net, we never. Never run out of that is never an issue with us. No, I just right? so in in August and September I did baby showers for my sister. Baby showers, yeah. One, one sister, two showers. Oh, uh, no. I know. Um, and the one we did for my family, we ended up like with we made enchiladas. Oh. Uh, 
like estilo Michoacan, which means they get fried in the oil. Yeah. Um, and we bought, like, we have tortillas for days. I think oh, everybody yeah. went home with, like, a pack of tortillas <laughs> to put in the freezer because we bought way too much food. Yeah, and that's pretty common. And I was, wait, really quick, because I love um, enchiladas estilo, estilo Michoacan. My mom makes them like that. Daniel's had them, so he knows what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Did y'all have cueritos on there or pollo? No. Or was okay, okay. Um, it's just pollo on the side. Love it. Like, okay. Papas, like, put the fried potatoes on the side. Um, it's really that just good. the cheese and the, like, pickled, you know, like, the vinagre cebollas and yep. oregano. Chile, all that stuff mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. love it i'm like hungry just thinking about it <laughs> I know. Uh, but but daniel so back to the to invitation i guess mm-hmm. the invitation said it was from <laughs> 11 to 1 and i <laughs> i had just seen junior the week before at another friend's baby shower and i was like bruh we're driving seven hours and you're telling me we get to your baby shower <laughs> <laughs> you're kicking us out at you one. better be there at 11 and you best leave at one <laughs> And it was like, oh, well, you know, it's not like that at all. Um, he's like, our friends are throwing it for us. So he was like politely saying, our white friends. <laughs> 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 and you guys can stay or whatever. But and then, was- I'm like, yeah. And then who stayed there until like 6 p.m.? Yeah, all all of Junior's very brown friends. <laughs> That's funny. And and we only laughed because we ran out of food. <laughs> yeah, we had to go get. <laughs> We love to get food. And that's okay. And I will say this Junior's got money. So it's not an issue of he didn't have money to buy food. Just no. our finger sandwiches that we had had run out. Mind you, those finger sandwiches slapped. They were. They were amazing finger sandwiches. <laughs> there were. I never would put a cucumber in a sandwich, and yeah. they're like, "Yes, yeah, oh, it was amazing. They were it delicious. Like that. They were cheeky. Like you to eat them, you wanted to put your finger up because you're like, you I don't had think, to because I don't it was also little be- strips." <laughs> Like those wafer cookies. Oh, yeah. And it'd be weird if you held it like a freaking flute or something. <laughs> like, a like, yeah, like a burrito or something. <laughs> a really thin burrito. Did like, we just like put a multiple of them? Yeah. Because <laughs> there was different flavors. There was different, different little sandwiches. There it was a high tea. There, yes, nice. yes, and and Junior had unlimited and bottomless mimosas. I don't know how many <laughs> bottles of champagne they had, but I there was, was so much champagne. I was feeling good to mm. say the least. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I start to tease people when I am feeling, you know, a little happy and I was, I was definitely at that stage, I think, but no, it was overall, it was a really fun experience. Junior has the nicest house in the Portland Hills. Um, and his Tessie was parked in his three car garage. So I, was oh, like, wow. okay. um, Charging. And I, and I, <laughs> And I did get a tour of his house, and it was beautiful. So Junior has a sitting room, his words, not mine. Um, and he has he had an, a beautiful view of the Portland area. Like you could climb up to his uh, patio that was incidentally higher than his house, um, and you could just see all of uh, the splendor and beauty that is Portland from afar. Because once you actually <laughs> yeah. get it, to- and all of like greenery, mountains, and then city. No. It was, it's a very, it's a very. I was nice like, because into the city part is it really that yeah. pretty you know it's kind of portland's kind of I mean, it's a little it's a bit dirty but you know what it's like really green and yeah. then there's like nastiness yeah. it's like yeah 
but at least there's greenery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's a sitting room? I've never heard I, of a sitting room before. Is it just so? It was adjacent. Take your shoes off. It was adjacent to uh, Brad's. Shoes. Yeah, they do. It was adjacent to Brad's study room, um, and also one of the bathrooms. But this was actually up a level from their entrance because um, you oh. had to take the stairs up, and then oh. you got up into the foyer. Is that what you call it? <laughs> Yeah, the entry, yeah, that's what it's called. I'm just making. I'm, I'm like pretty sure that's a word I heard. Is that um, what Junior called it? The foyer. Uh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think you can count it as a Fourier because it, you don't know, like like my house. You just walk right into the living room, like you're just in the house. You're like as soon as my, you open the door, this one like, there's an entrance and a bench. Oh, oh, he's got a bench. Dang, inside and outside. Oh, Out, yes, he does. And then Chikex, you walk into the splendor that is his uh, kitchen that has those stacked up ovens. So he has those two ovens. Oh wow! And I'm pretty sure it was a marble or granite countertop uh, all around his kitchen. <laughs> so it was, and I, w- I might say this too. I was like, Junior, who's your interior decorator? And he said it was him. He was like, Oh, I don't need oh. one. This was me, oh. and he was very yeah. proud of it. Was, oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Very, it seems very much on brand with Junior, though. He's always right? been very. He, entire living space is on brand yeah he's always been very he seemed very you know bougie even back in college and when he drove the boat remember like he's still bougie then that's right he ran out of gas but he was still bougie like he He just couldn't afford the lifestyle it's not that it wasn't in him yeah Yeah. it It was just natural so um the other piece too is um and i love that and i can attest because usually people like how do you over exaggerate but i'm like no this and then so and i'm not done so then you come and then he had he had a um what do they call those a kitchen nook uh or a, yeah, like a breakfast nook a breakfast nook. oh right he called it a breakfast nook. like it was a meal named nook so it was a oh. breakfast nook that he only <laughs> nooks at during breakfast i guess he only nooks at. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Junior to listen to this. <laughs> and then his his living room was like super nice. And this is how you know they got money, Chikex. They didn't have a single TV in any of the sitting rooms no, or the do. living room. They did? They do. Okay, so you Where know was that, it? that big painting? Oh my god, his TV That's their that's their TV. Oh my so gosh. It's just this piece of art. Until you turn the TV on, and then it's a screen. So he's rich, rich. His art is oh, actually TVs. Damn. Wow. Wow, Junior. Damn, Junior. <laughs> Send one our way. <laughs> you know what? I wanted, I wanted to share. I mean, I know, Daniel, you have a lot of sisters, right? Yeah. And so I'm sure you've been to your fair share of baby showers, and mm-hmm. Javier, you've got a big family. Yep. But the game where, so Javier and I were like head to head on this game <laughs> where you have to say whether, like you have to read this piece of information about them and you have to determine whether it was Brad or Junior. Yeah. So Javier and I were like going like, no, this is Brad, this is Junior. Yep. But yep. we got to a question that said, who used to follow around their cleaning lady asking to help clean? <laughs> and Javier and I were like, that was not Junior. <laughs> they did not have a cleaning. I was they not have cleaning lady money. <laughs> I was like, if your if your white friend wrote this, this is this is insulting, Junior. You need to talk. <laughs> Call him your cultural, cultural sensitivity <laughs> workshop. 
I'm yeah, like, I'm so all, they do not get to call your mom the cleaning lady. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the cleaning lady? That was my mom. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and so, okay, so now that I realized, because I'm too dumb to notice art that's actually a TV. Um, <laughs> I only know that because I've stayed there, okay? Don't, don't feel bad. Okay, it wasn't obvious to me or anyone. So then, so then we um, took the tour, right? So you, it's their kitchen that is just immaculate and super mm. nice. And then you move into their living room, which is also beautifully decored. Like, they've got books. Um, and then they have their little nook. Um, and then in between the nook and the <laughs> living room is the exit to the backyard that you need to take. So it's a cool little landing where you like they've decorated it really nice there's a lot of um like just their landscaping is beautiful and then you take mm-hmm. steps to go all the way to the top which is where they've built out that like rooftop patio that's above their roof like a patio deck yeah Damn. um and so that's where i took my insta pic so if you're my friend and you follow me i just i was like let me let me also photo credit because i took that <laughs> you, did, you, did, you did take that pic. i thought that was at Multnomah falls just kidding <laughs> 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 Nope, Junior's backyard. <laughs> yeah. Dang, Junior's got his own Mount Mama Falls in his backyard. <laughs> Damn, Junior, invite us over for breakfast so we can have breakfast on your nook. <laughs> and only breakfast you get. Yeah. Else, like, no, none of the other meals. Brunch, breakfast, brunch, stuff, somewhere else. Up, yep. So then we came back down. So when you come back into the house, you pass the living room and the breakfast nook, and then you get to the foyer-ish area. Boy-ay. They have more. They have more someone that actually knows how to say that is laughing at us right now <laughs> i don't even know how to, i'm like and that's well, racist so. yeah. you we can't don't laugh have foyers. Us <laughs> we don't have foyers on the rest yeah. we're we're vicariously living through our friend that can afford a foyer yeah. so leave us <laughs> we're just so proud of him yeah, we are we love him and his foyer that's how, that's how we know we've made it yeah. <laughs> one of our friends has a foyer <laughs> And TV art. I've never seen that before. TV. I'm like, I just wow. I just picture Judas sitting in his house in his foyer, just like, damn, I have one. I made it (laughs) with like a Versace robe on, (laughs) with this Louis Vuitton haircut. Yeah. (laughs) With one of those little, those little pipes, those little like. Tobacco pipe? Yeah, tobacco just, just, with mm. probably five inch uh, shorts because you know Junior wears them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has nice size. Right? So he's going to show up. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's probably wearing Sperry's. Um, yeah. junior, junior's always dressed like he's going to be on yeah. a boat. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. You better be ready. You don't know when someone's going to tell that. Yeah. And, In and Portland. Junior, and Junior probably has boat friends, right? We're not the boat friends. Well, no, we're yeah, not. But Junior friends. has boat friends, I bet. I'm yeah. sure he does. I'm sure he does. Um, so, anyway, Chicax, up the up the, <laughs> up the the stairwell into the highest point of um, Junior's house that's not his porch uh, was a long hallway with his bedroom and and like a get two guest rooms, I think, or the baby's nursery, a bathroom, yeah, the nursery. <laughs> and a um and a guest room. Um, and then so Junior showed us his his bedroom, which was beautiful. He's got a giant bed. He's got one of those like um it's like a hexagonal is how I would call it kind of window area mm-hmm. where he has his and he had like the most beautiful view. So you thought his porch was good, his like bedroom. Oh, and he also has an outside patio on his like third uh, floored 
because it's a third floor house. Oh, uh, right, right out of the master to just enjoy tea or wow. that, to think that um, I own a foyer. Damn, I'm just gonna go sit on my patio and think about my foyer. Yeah, my... <laughs> is his neighbor? Is are his neighbors like the Twilight House? Isn't there like the Twilight House somewhere in Portland? Like no, the, he... the what is the the Collins? You know their their house. Yeah, oh, isn't it? It's in that it's, Twilight. It's actually, yeah. I'm like, isn't it actually in in Portland? Uh, I don't sure. know. I'm like, but no. I wouldn't put it past. Yeah, he's going to have known that and done it. Yeah. All. Junior's yes. like, yeah, my house is nicer. <laughs> well, the Collins house. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, I asked, well, Junior, like, do you have any like Latino neighbors? And he was like, no, but I do have uh, Lowen. What was that guy's name? Lowen. Lowen Steve. Lone Steve uh, that lives next to me. I swear it was Steve. And I was like, damn, Junior, do you really got to call your neighbor out that he's not as good as you? Because, you know, Low. And he was oh, like, no, Lois. that Low is his wife's name. So I was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Junior. <laughs> I'm like, you're letting this. You I was like, you're end. Low like, end. <laughs> Low and Steve. He said Low and Steve. That's what I heard. So I was like, damn, Junior, like, that's, that's your name. Not a high quality Steve. Yeah. I know, and so I was like, "Damn, your foyer is getting to your head, to your head, Junior." <laughs> no, but, TV art, yeah, I know. And Junior's so humble, so he he was so welcoming to us the whole time we were there. He was checking in on us. He made sure we had drinks, we had food, and you know, it was just like a really good time. So I want to um, thank him for having us and letting us probably overstay our welcome, and now for like. <laughs> airing out his house situation (laughs) (laughs) he does have a very nice house and he was like him and brad are are really gracious hosts yes yes um so and and i know that they were very uh conscious of the fact that their invitation only said two hours um and (laughs) and it was like obviously that's a very wh whyt people thing to do not a brown person thing to do um and if he could have had enchiladas if they would have let him i think he would have done enchiladas or like tacos or something but i would say that and demographic yep yep and the friends and the friends who threw the baby shower for him were also amazing so if they listen to the episode i want to say um, thank you for hosting us. And they had it, fun baby yeah, shower games. It, they did. And it was a good cultural experience for me because that was my first um, white people, uh, you know, <laughs> baby shower. So we're just spelling it I've out ever, now. I don't think I've ever been. I don't think I've ever been to one of those before. So I. I You've never I, been? Oh, yeah. I recommend to, uh, it. was fun. Yeah. It was to a to a, no I have been to a baby shower just not to a, a white people baby shower so oh, yeah. you know there's you know next I guess next one I mean Javi you have a lot of friends that way next time they have one invite me I'll go and yeah. eat their cucumber sandwich <laughs> <laughs> it really is an experience it really is and I recommend yeah. I recommend um so really quick before we introduce our guest already 20 minutes into our podcast. <laughs> 20 um, minutes dedicated to junior yeah, damn just taking up all our episodes <laughs> damn is this the junior sound <laughs> he's probably like ah you guys wow honey 
<laughs> so I was going to say really quick, uh, last Saturday was International Podcast Day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, y'all, we meant to make a little post on social media, but we busy. And I was traveling and busy <laughs> at Junior's uh, Baby Shower. And so I just want to say, um, you know, I want to continue to thank everybody for supporting the Brown Sound Podcast. Without you, uh, we would not be able to have this platform mm-hmm. and share all the good laughs and cultural enrichment uh, things we do. And, of course, through humor. But um, we want to say, please continue to support us. And if you would like to su- support us further, um, there's a lot of things you can do to to do that. So one would be telling your friends about the Brown Sound podcast. Share with them, um, you know, what we're about and encourage them to listen to an episode because we know they'll love it and they'll be hooked. The other thing you can do is share us on social media. Um, use your own platform to amplify ours. And together we can amplify mm-hmm. Latino and indigenous voices. Um, and then the other thing is uh, donate to our cause if you have extra money like some of our friends in Portland, um, you... You, you uh, can, uh, you know, uh, support Brown Sound efforts by donating to our cause. And that was not a call out to our friend. I was just saying, <laughs> wherever you are located, if you have extra money mm-hmm. and you can support our efforts, go for it. Um, but I, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of our heart. And yeah. please, yeah, continue continue in supporting us. We can continue to support everybody else um, in amplifying our voices and experience. Yeah, I definitely have to just echo everything said. Thank you all for all the support out there. I always feel like our Brown Sound listeners are always like just very supportive in anything that we do you know like it's just really cool that people tune in and they enjoy listening to our crazy conversations so definitely appreciate all the support and and all the love out there also last saturday was also um orange shirt day so that originally started in canada it is the national day of truth and reconciliation um it is known to bring awareness to the residential schools that um a lot of the indian kids our native kids were forced to go to as as young you know young kids and so that's pretty much that's where a lot of our elders were were beaten to assimilate into like white culture and so a lot of the times you know i'm a product of uh residential boarding school my great grandpa was in a boarding school every native person out there in the u.s or canada is definitely a product of that so it's just something that it's really it's a weird thing to go through i guess it's it's weird to talk about but yeah i just wanted to acknowledge that too because that's something that's really big and important in in our communities within the u.s and canada um, native communities but yeah and i know chicax um that in the dominant culture likes to erase some of the uh you know and just like horrible things they've done to our communities mm-hmm. um but if you don't speak on them if you don't raise awareness of these um atrocities that have happened then history will repeat itself and we don't want yeah. that to ever happen again so thanks for sharing um and i i wore an orange jacket that day cheek so i was supporting the cops yeah I don't have any orange, but I did have a shirt that does recognize that our our yeah. community did a walk for there was a, there was a handful of Nez Perce youth that went that were forced to the Carlisle boarding school. So they did like a walk for the families of all those, you know, um, oh, wow. the generations after. So, so I got amazing. a shirt from that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. For our listeners, if they don't want to know what it is, just Google it. You know, it's it's out there. Learn, learn something. Um that, but that's yeah. definitely another topic for another episode. <laughs> for sure. All right, Chikex, well, we should introduce our special guest today. So uh, she's already shared a little bit of her insight <laughs> and humor. Uh, so that I'll just let you uh, know a little bit of just the type of personality she has and the person she is. We have our good friend Ai, Anai Velasquez, who, uh, let me just share a couple things on her. Um, she has a master's in early childhood uh, education. She has been supporting um, uh, nonprofits and 
and school districts on their early childhood development programs. She has been working uh, with early ed- early education since she was 16 uh, for now a total of about 18 years. So you might be able to say she is definitely an expert on this field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so without further ado, let's give a brown sound welcome Woo! to our good ah! friend, Hi. Hi guys. Oh my god. Oh my god. Don't get people confused. They're going to think I'm that girl from the Oh, really quick. I'm going down to LA to go watch that concert with my sister-in-law. I know you told us. Cuz no one no one would go with their cheek egg, so I'm going to be rebel. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anai, were you a fan? I just got to ask really quick. I wasn't, but I think oh. I'm learning a lot about myself now. And oh. I think that I... I know, he got offended. Oh. I'm so sorry. Oh. I actually think we're going to have to cut this episode short. Um, <laughs> no, I wasn't. I think for a long time, I really tried to not be into things that like other Mexicans were into because it was like, oh, I'm not like that. And, and I've come to realize it's... Uh, a lot of how I detached because I wanted to assimilate to yeah. the environments that I lived in. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, 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 have, I mean, I like a couple of their songs, um, but yeah, I no. don't think I fully embraced the, my, you know, my Mexican side of myself until I was in high school. Nice. I same, but college. So that's, <sighs> I, I can relate to you on that, on that front. Um, so were you called like whitewashed or like, yeah. Things and like that? and okay. I grew up in the, um, I know that you guys always talk about your friend who, grew up in the Bay Area and they're like they always have to mention that they grew up in the Bay Area I grew up in the Bay Area um, and I um, and so where I grew up was like kind of the suburbs of the Bay Area so it was um, it was I mean even though my school was really diverse it was very uh, colonized very whitewashed whitewashed. and so um, when I moved to the Central Valley in seventh grade then it was like that felt super odd because I was used to hanging out with all you know different kinds of kids uh-huh. and in the central valley it was like the mexican kids only hung out with the mexican kids and the white kids only hung out. it would it was really weird oh, wow. um, and i think that changed as the trace uh, tracy the city that i moved to grew because it's like the closest city to the bay area before you get to the bay area oh. um so as that grew more people started moving in from the bay area then it was like okay it got a little bit more diverse but before that it was weird interesting so yeah. i was gonna ask Anna, we i got to meet you for the first time in person this weekend and yes you your vibe was just it like we connected right away and i love that because you don't get that with a lot of people um so i really appreciate your your energy you just you're very yeah i felt the same way javi i well i mean i've known you I yeah, use yeah. air quotes nobody can right. see my air quotes but um, <laughs> i've known you since like 2009 right because yep. you're in lamb theta phi i'm lamb theta alpha yes you know facebook groups and me being i've always been really close to junior yeah um so i've known you and i think i've had conversations with you before but yes. like that was the first time i've ever seen you in person yeah and it was like two friends like just picking right up it was yep. so good it was yeah. right it was just like we both just knew how to pick on junior and it was great yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> junior um, it was, but it was so funny. We went out to dinner, uh, Daniel. We went out to have uh, Vietnamese food the night before the baby shower. And I don't like seriously, my cheeks hurt 
afterwards from just like I was sitting next to Javi and just cracking up. So it was a good time. Um, I, 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 I say, oh, go ahead. I was one thing I wanted wanted to say really quick, to Daniel. That she said to me that kind of like I was like, oh, um, she said I've been listening to them on the podcast, and she said, and now that I'm meeting him in real life, I can honestly say he is who he is on the podcast. Like, yeah, I, I was like, oh, I, <laughs> it made me like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, because you guys are so funny, and I'm, I literally am getting ready every Friday morning, like listening to you guys on my phone and just cracking up by myself. I always try to answer the shady, uh, the shades of brown shady questions. Like I, I just so funny. So I was like, oh man, he really is this funny, like all the freaking time. Like how exhausting. That's funny. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm surprised Javi, you know, was so welcoming because normally he's not that way towards meeting people you know like he's usually very <laughs> judgmental and very no, like not true. you know <laughs> he's, i know i'm like wow hobby i'm like i'm 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 I am proud of you, Javi, for you know, I, not being I, your your old way. I will. I, I will admit. I will admit that um, around new people, this is weird because on the show we're definitely like very extroverted people. Uh, but I will admit, in situations where uh, new folks come in, uh, the dynamic changes a little bit. I like to observe because I like to see firsthand: are their energies going to match with mine, and do I care to you know to to even Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah thank you so like that's that's me so but i knew right away with you it was like boom we good it's gonna be great this is a fun weekend and i think it's because for the most part all of you knew each other for a long time that were at dinner besides me the only person i really knew there was junior and then you know now i've built a relationship with brad because of junior but yeah um like i mean i I have met charito before yeah um the last time i was in portland so that was nice but you and um juan it was like brand brand new people so (laughs) i think it's just the dynamic and and, and daniel obviously not this daniel other daniel Mm -hmm. oh yeah i've met before also but i think we also warmed up a little bit better to each other this second time around oh Um, yeah and um the first time i think i would like let them have their space to have conversations and i wouldn't chime in and this time i was like okay i can i can fit in there too so i messed everybody on Sunday when I got home and I was like you know thanks so much because that that felt like I was just part of the friend group even though you know I'm not you are you are I am now yeah (laughs) I'm in the group chat it's too late (laughs) um so Anahi let's let's highlight you for a second okay because we were just like enough about me Surprise! He's, he's even telling you to highlight you. He always likes to talk about himself too. <laughs> um, well, we've said it before on the episode. We've said, "Who's gonna hype you up?" Except, uh, who better to hype you up than yourself? You know what I mean? Amen. So we're gonna we're gonna give you the the opportunity to do this, honey, because you are doing a lot of great things in the community. And so, you. would you mind sharing a little bit on yourself? Like, what is your background? We know you're from the Bay Area, um, like our other friend. <laughs> what else? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've been in early childhood education, I, like I said, since I was 16. And 
I started babysitting, I don't know, probably way too young because you know how <laughs> Mexicans do it. Yep. Um, she's responsible. She can take care of that baby, even though she's like five and six years old. Um, and so I've been helping with, you know, my little cousins for forever. Yep. Um, and I just always enjoyed it. But I've learned so much, I feel like, in the last four years about um, what what really learning can and should look like um, yep. and bringing back kind of these really basic fundamental things that I feel like our cultures and most most cultures value mm -hmm. um which is like letting children play letting children explore like i remember as a little kid my dad used to take us to the park he would take a nap under the tree because he worked you know <laughs> a lot and um we i would dig into the sand at the playground until i got to like clay like oh. you would dig 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 and then you would find this like clay and then i would build like little little people or animals or sculptures with it um and so i think that our our cultures really value children playing right yeah. and i mean i i can't speak for for daniel's right but like mexican cultures i feel like like parents are always like Vita jugar. like go go play go you know be outside um explore but um i think it gets lost in this western ideal idealization i can't say the word right now idealization of um academic knowledge versus like constructive experience life experience um and it's such a it's such a white supremacy characteristic that mm -hmm. like those who have degrees those who have like written um word those who have like a higher proximity to power yep. because they have these titles and all these things um, are more important. They have better knowledge, right? Yeah. Than those people who have like serious lived experiences that they've learned through. Yep. So in the last uh, four years, I've been, I don't want to, I mean, it's, it's advocating for sure, but it's not like, uh, I want to say, I want to call it quiet um, advocation, advocating in the spaces that I work in that we value children for the learners that they are, like the scientists that they are and yeah. bringing play into all of their learning versus this like trace this letter, tell me what number that is, rote yeah. memorization yeah. nonsense that's like what's really going to bring children into success in the future as we prepare them for a world that we have no idea what it looks like is mm -hmm. their ability to be problem solvers and creative thinkers and to work with other people right yeah. so um i wanted to ask the two of you what was one of like your first memories of playing like what were the things you played most mm. or e either independently or with your cousins or your siblings like what was something you always played um, I guess I'll go first. So for me, um, I grew up in the projects, obviously growing up in the res, you know, I grew up in, um, my, my neighborhood consists of like literally all my cousins, like family, you know, aunts. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I grew up really close with my cousins and we always used to play outside. Like that's like a very common thing, especially like with native communities, playing outside, going to mm -hmm. the creek, um, playing in the hills or just doing things outdoors. Um, so for me growing up, I, I, a lot of my my favorite memories I guess as a kid was always playing with my cousins like outside even if we were mm -hmm. getting into stuff we probably shouldn't have been like our mom saying like don't play in the water don't play in the creek you know or don't go because the creek is like across the highway so we don't have to like run across and <laughs> which is really dangerous now thinking you about it <laughs> yeah and so but now thinking about it because like the highway where I live um it's 65 miles per hour like on that highway so it's like so it's uh pretty dangerous but like all yeah, of us yeah. just play in the creek and up in the hill and stuff like that but um yeah i guess that would be 
would be me was as a kid just thinking I was way more involved in like outdoor activity than I guess I am now as an adult. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah. Daniel, I was gonna say running across the freeway sounds like a game to me. Oh, who's last? <laughs> <laughs> Dodging cars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, I have shared in past episodes that I grew up in a labor camp. So uh, subsidized housing for seasonal migrant workers. And so there was always kids around. Uh, a lot of my cousins lived there. And similar to Daniel, we would do like tag was one of the things. Hide and go seek outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember playing like even everybody would play, including my uncles and aunts and everybody, all the big people we would call them would play like kickball or like um, mm-hmm. I think we even did dodgeball. We would everybody would come home after work uh, after working long days in like field work and then they would shower we would eat and then we'd all like go play together in the in the afternoon um specifically me as i was growing up uh things that i remember playing with uh i think one of my favorite things to do was like play in the water so like whenever i would shout like you know bathe i guess i would have my little monitos or whatever and i would play in the water i would hold my breath i would try to swim uh i remember that yeah i was watch out <laughs> yeah and so like those life experiences right like western culture tries to minimize like that they're not as important as this like rote memorization academic inclined yeah. learning but in reality the things that you want like for Javi uh que lindo that you were able to like convivir with all of these people in yeah. your housing community right whether they were family or not family yeah. the fact that you had built this uh, community and relationship where it's like, I don't remember my dad playing with us, right? Like I I can't, maybe he did, right? I have pictures of me dancing with my dad, but I can't remember him like getting on the floor and playing things. Yeah. Um, Like for Daniel, like what, what all discoveries you made being in that Creek that, yeah, you sure you weren't supposed to be in, but um, we weren't supposed to be at, Mm -hmm. but like getting to experience what water does to sand and mud and rocks like you don't Mm -hmm. get that unless you're in it you can read it in a textbook but it's not going to uh resonate into your into your mind and your body in the Mm -hmm. same way yeah so that's my big um my big soapbox that i'm on as far as like education goes right now is we really need to see the value in what comes from play Mm-hmm. and step away from these things and it's not that like um I feel like a lot of my parents when I was a preschool teacher because I'm not in the classroom anymore but when I was in the classroom was like oh well what do they do because they tell me that like all they did was play and I'm like yeah they did and this is what they got out of that plane yeah. um and so getting them to understand getting families to understand like this this value of, of playful learning while at the same time honoring the fact that they came to this country for opportunities for education that they weren't going to have somewhere else right yeah. mm-hmm. and so that's been um that's been my, one of my big soapboxes and also for educators to understand that children do have these capacities for like high order thinking and learning that are only prevalent or going to be more prevalent when we as educators are getting down on the floor and playing with them 
that we're facilitating this learning versus like, um, you know, like here's the letter A, A says ah, you know, um, and that's cool. But I feel like my son's teachers and my my daughter's teachers probably get sick of hearing from me yeah. because uh, my son will bring home projects and they're real cute Pinteresty things. It's a bumblebee. It's a whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but what can he do? Not what did you tell him to do? Like, what would he do if you just gave him this stuff to work with? Yeah. Um, make things open ended because I don't care that his bus looks like everybody else's. I want to know what he would build if it wasn't a bus that you're making him do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like too, like even just kind of what you said about like you learn these, like with these life experiences, like with us being young and playing in the creek or going to the river, things like that, we learn what not to do either by like we knew, okay, can't go down that far because that's too deep or that's that's where the stream is. The current's a lot stronger or, you know, you don't go through that part because there's snakes or, you know, you kind of learn those little things yeah. that you wouldn't know unless you were like experiencing it. I thought that was, that's very interesting. I never thought of it that way. Like yeah. the life experiences. I was going to say on a, something that stuck out to me was I remember being in that bathtub and holding my breath underwater and counting. So I would count and, and think, oh, one, two, I can hold my breath this long. Um, yeah. And then like even touching the the texture of water is weird to describe like you you know what i mean and how pruny your fingers get so you start mm-hmm. to notice all these things about your anatomy also cold water versus hot water yeah. um, and what happens to water when you put things in it like soap or like to make bubble you know what i mean like all those things or like even having like my first electronic toy that needed batteries and putting it in the water and then realizing oh it's not going to turn <laughs> on anymore so yeah it's not going to turn on anymore but you realize and make all these discoveries about your environment in that moment that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do from standardized um, education and because there's there's another thing too that I've heard maybe you can speak on that but standardized testing does not work for everybody Um, it disenfranchises a lot of our um, English language learners because it's made for folks that are primarily English speakers but the other thing on top of that is that um, it also disenfranchises anyone who's uh, low income because in some of those tests uh, uh, they say, you know, practice at home on your internet, on your computer, when a lot of us don't have those things. Or right. have family members who can read the instructions you're sending home to be able to actually do whatever the thing is inst- we need to do to prep for these tests. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of things that are problematic, but even just reading and comprehension, if we don't know the language that well, how are we going to get the answer right if we don't really understand the answer, the, what the question is? Um, a lot of things like that. Th- those things I think about, too, with with little kids and when I was in school how I thought that was unfair um I yeah and I think the education system like I mean Daniel talked about the boarding schools right like there is serious systemic like historical trauma Mm -hmm. associated with education from the get right like and as a system as a whole we there's a lot and I say we because I'm part of this system right we have so much work to one undo and redo and acknowledge that there's been pain and and damage caused whether intentionally or unintentionally right sometimes very intentionally like you were purposely trying to disconnect these children from their family and their culture and their Mm -hmm. language Mm -hmm. um and I know people like to claim on like the Mino Sabo kids, right? Like the kids that really don't know how to speak English. But when you look at the fact that, or they don't know, they don't really know how to speak Spanish. Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you look at the fact that 
very likely either their parent or their grandparent was constantly put into uh, remedial classes, uh, punished for speaking Spanish in the classroom, whether physically or emotionally or verbally or all three, you know, like then why would you want to pass down that to your to your child and then your grandchild? Right. And then your language gets lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. that's just one more way to disconnect us from who we are, because if we don't have a sense of being and belonging, then it's so much easier to control us. Right. Yep. Um, and I feel like the last couple of years, um, I've been so hyper aware of these things because the first time that, um, sorry, there was like a crazy bird or something <laughs> outside. Um, the first time that I started to hear about white supremacy in education, um, and how like my teaching practices might uphold that, um, a, a really good friend of mine was bringing it to my attention just like that we all do it right not me specifically but we all do it and I remember being like girl I'm brown I can't have white supremacy values when I'm brown but you can because you've been assimilated and colonized and it has been things that have been you know rooted in your education for so long that like how do you not right Right. um so i think it's like recognizing so much of that that trauma that has happened and like how do we avoid that now right standardized tests were developed for white male children in like predominantly economically advantaged communities it's the truth and it doesn't show it doesn't make somebody more valuable or less valuable because they can't pass a standardized test yeah. Um, so the the master my master's that I, I received um, and, and worked towards is uh, through the University of Colorado at, at Denver, and they the focus is on innovative early childhood education. But really, it talked about the Reggio Emilia approach, which is um, a teaching pedagogy from Italy. Okay. And there's a lot of like pl- people places that are trying to emulate the same practices, and it's possible, but you can't like it's not a cookie cutter thing. Mm -mm. Um, because uh, the way that the school says it for the school in Italy um, says it. It's like no other place in the world is Reggio Emilia. Like this is our city. This is how our city looks. So you can do those practices in Stockton, California, which is where I I live, but you're doing it for Stockton, right? So you're adapting and individualizing as as needed. But the founder of this pedagogy, uh, Loris Malaguzzi, they they have a a poem called The 100 Languages. And it talks about how children learn with all these 100 languages. There's more than one way for you to show that you're uh, intelligent or smart or have capacity or skills. Mm -hmm. And schools try to separate that. Schools try to be like, no, you can only do this this way. No, you can only celebrate this way. No, you can only do this. And then we tell them to be creative thinkers. But this whole time we've been separating them from those abilities um, and telling them that they're not because they can't pass a standardized test. So I guess I'm sorry. I feel like I'm getting like real deep. (laughs) um, You know, that's really what I've been trying to get to is like the the image that we have of children can be so messed up sometimes. Like we think they don't know things, but like, no, you're just not giving them a chance to show what they know. I'm thinking about, um, as you're saying that, that also not all kids are the same. So standardizing any practice for how they should learn is just even, I mean, right off the bat, I'm, I have a lot of concerns about that, right? But I'm also thinking about how every student learns different um, and you just need to have different approaches uh, and nurture their strengths in a way that mm-hmm. isn't shaming their ability to not do the one thing that uh, other people seem to shine in. And if we really let, allow them the opportunity to shine in the one thing they're so gifted at and passionate about, then imagine like how far they could take that. Uh, and then, but we reel them back in saying no but you know you still suck at geography so (laughs) 
memorize this stuff. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's concerning for me also. I was going to ask you both really quick because this just made me think about that. What kind of little kids were you? Were you a good kid, bad kid? <laughs> quote, quote, because, you know, I, I don't know. what. How would you say you behaved as a kid? I mean, I'm definitely... I, I, I still am uh, a traviesa. Like, I don't do... Uh, so traviesa Daniel, like, you know, somebody that doesn't listen. I, I don't listen. Um, and and mostly because as my my very good friend likes to call me, I'm Captain Justice. Like, if I don't feel like that's fair, I'm going to, like, I'm going to say something. Um, and so, I, I mean, but... And this is what my mom always said, so I, I feel like I can go ahead and say it. My mom was always really proud of the fact that we didn't give other people trouble. We oh. gave her trouble, right? Okay. So, like, I I did well in school. Um, I listened. My teachers liked me. Like, I followed directions for the most part. Um, but I was definitely, like, a am going to test you type of mm. kid. Like, And I think I'm, I'm still that adult. Oh, yeah, from this weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Quiet. Uh, for me, I, w- I mean, I'm... I'm a res kid, you know, like I'm a whole different breed compared to like what is in, I guess, the the white world or the white world of education. Yeah. Um, I've always been, like I said, um, I feel like I've always stood up for myself, you know, yeah. so if I felt like I was being, I don't know, attacked or, or picked on by a teacher or a staff member, I would just call it out or even just fellow classmates. But I never was the one to start nothing. My dad has always taught me like, you don't start it, just make sure you finish it type of thing yeah. so i um i'm usually i'm just I, I think i've always been the like don't start none won't be none but if you start like okay bring it on. yeah <laughs> but as a kid i mean i feel like yeah i mean i was just a mix of like i was good and i was bad that's just like the very very res kid like yeah. you could terrorize and you can joke and not listen but you still get your work done you know still yeah. get grades or whatever like yeah. that's kind of how i was i guess yeah um and i I was very much assimilated, I think. I learned quickly if you assimilate, you don't get picked on. Um, and so I was, I never really had issues in school either. Like, I joke I've never been in a fight. Have you? Me? Yeah. Um, well, a boy hit me once on the bus. And so I punched him back. Oh, good. And this was like eighth grade. But then, the, I mean, we all know these to share this. But then the next day, he was like so embarrassed that I like, defended myself back that he actually like grabbed me by I was wearing a 49ers jersey actually Damn. he grabbed me by the jersey and like dragged me across the blacktop until oh. one of my guy friends like swung but oh. that was like the extent of yeah and you know what he was mad about that I did better on a test than he did oh. yeah but that was the only like fight that I had been in Latino um, and it was not in pension uh, no he was um mm. I don't know what he was. He wasn't. He wasn't white. Um, okay. I feel like some. I don't. I can't remember if he was like okay. Middle Eastern or in, or Indian. But yeah. Okay. I was just curious. I was. Uh, but yeah, you're like, damn. <laughs> I was. Who are we fighting things here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not intentionally, um, no. Yeah. I was going to ask you, um, how have you culturally, how have Latino or parents of color taken uh, your approach to uh, helping children learn in through the play? Uh, yeah. The, yeah. So um, I, I, it's been a little. It's been a little different. One, I'm. I haven't been in a classroom as a teacher mm-hmm. for 
um, my son's about to be five. So since he was born, um, but before that um, I had a lot of, um, first generation or immigrant parents and they were very open to it because we would do parent meetings and I would try to, to like, you know, educate them on, on the thoughts behind this. And I would always make it clear. It's not that learning your ABCs or learning your numbers is not important because obviously that's, you know, you need to have that. Um, but you don't have to learn that in this way. You yeah. they'll still learn it, but they're going to get it in different ways. Um, things that are more meaningful. And so they were always fairly open to that. Um, and now as a, as a person who's not so much in the classroom, but more a support for educators, um, I'm actually transitioning out of my job that I have right now into a new job oh, okay. in the next uh, week or so. And, um, but I've had, tr- I've been able to host parent meetings, mm-hmm. um, for some of our, our, our sites and the parents have always been pretty receptive to like oh we didn't realize that that's what that meant when they did this you yep. know um, and then giving them strategies because it's like okay yeah I can just let them play um, but also it's like, if you just let them help around the house, if you let them, um, if you teach them to learn to cook simple meals or, um, help clean or set the table, um, help in the, in the yard, right. Uh, whatever, like if you do it where it's appropriate for them, cause you, you know, as a parent, you know, your child's like what they can do and yeah. like their limits. Um, my son loves to hammer and I let him walk around the house with a regular hammer. And some people are like, oh, he has a hammer. I'm like, yeah, he always has a hammer. Like it's yeah. cool. He's, he knows what to do with a hammer. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just knowing uh, like them, them being open to it. But for mm-hmm. the most part, I feel like parents, especially a very little ones. Yeah are open to it. Okay. So I had a question. What type of advice would you give to like white educators that are working in like Latino or like just black and brown communities? Cause I feel like the teachers I had growing up on the res, some of them were really like great. Right. Mean? They like, they, oh. oh, well yeah, some are mean too, but like some, <laughs> there was like a handful that like really had the heart for our, our tribe and for our culture. Then there's others who were just here probably because I don't know, they needed a job, but um, I feel, like the education system like in Lapway where I'm from the high school is like it's really grown in a good way because a lot of our uh, educators and staff members there are of like my tribe or native and so I feel like that plays a huge role into a lot of I feel like the success now Mm -hmm. but like growing up for me like I had a lot of like I I would say like I had some mean non-native teachers and but there was a great there were a handful that I do feel like were awesome too but I always wonder that like what I don't know I guess what what could or I don't even know like where would they even learn to be more I guess culturally sensitive or aware when when they come into these communities and start working with with the youth yeah, yeah I think first of all I want to say I love the fact that you guys use the word youths I don't know why that always cracks me up I just feel like it's a very like older people thing to say but I like it <laughs> um I always I think it's funny but anyways I so a lot of our teachers are are white right and, um just in general the country mm-hmm. um but I think one of the things that really needs to start happening and I, I think you you all have talked about it before is recognizing the microaggressions that you you have right or that you do um mm-hmm. and why that matters why that's so frustrating um I think understanding that like I, I think are a lot of a lot of people um I want to say older millennials and maybe beyond that 
you were taught like racism is bad and you don't discriminate because of color um and therefore the mentality is i don't see color but it's like that's not true first of all um and second of all you need to recognize that my color impacts me as a person right Mm -hmm. and so don't dismiss that um understand those things and like um I I feel like the other kind of seems minimal, but is really not minimal thing to do is to learn to say your students' names properly. Like, yeah. it's so annoying. Um, and so, you know, my name is Anai. That's, I don't think, a difficult name to say. Um, but I have been called, at, like, so many things that I'm not going to say right now because people are going to message me who listen to this podcast, like, <laughs> making fun of me with these things. Um, and, you know, like, my, my name's not that difficult, but I let people not say my name right because it was, like, too annoying to have to continuously correct. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, what's the big deal? But it, um, I remember the day that I was, like, no, that's not my name. You yep. say my name like this. And, and then I had to, like, phonetically write it out for this teacher. And it was, like, 10th grade, summer school. I think it was World history or something yeah um he was a he was a white teacher and he was like i'm just gonna call you anna and i was like that's a whole separate name that's somebody else's name that's not my name so doing that and then really try to patron the community that you work in if you don't live there like go to their stores go to their restaurants like make yourself seen there because your students are watching and they want to know like do you just get in your car and drive home or like do you care about where where my school is yeah. do you know the things that happen here um so i think that like there's there's small things you know like you're gonna go buy lunch anyways like just go to the little corner market and buy mm-hmm. lunch there you know what I mean, rem- they seem small but they're big mm-hmm. and also teachers who actually listen to their students because you're teaching them and they're learning from you but also recognizing you can learn from your students 100%. that's something because we had uh Daniel, i shared this with you i took spanish in high school because i thought easy a and we had a uh white teacher who had studied abroad in a semester in Spain or whatever, you know, the usual yeah. one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was teaching Spanish for us in high school and she would teach us words and us, the Latino students in the class would say, well, that's not how we say it here. And she said, but that's not what I'm teaching. I'm teaching Spain Spanish. Yeah. So you have to learn it this way. And it's like, great, oh. but that's not going to help people in the community. All your students you're teaching here today that are learning these words are yeah. not going to be able to go out in the community and use it and that was the point we were trying to make but i think she was also uh i i don't know what it was pride maybe was she a little bit newer maybe maybe i yeah i i think there's like two kind of um spec uh, there's like a I mean, to me, education is like a spectrum of people. There's the like, I've been doing this forever. I know what to do. You can't tell me squat kind yeah. of people. And then there's the ones who are, are so new that they're intimidated by the thought of being wrong. Yeah. Right. And so mind you, there's some new teachers that are like, yeah, give me all the information. I want to learn this way. Yeah. Um, there's older teachers who are exactly the same way, but there's, I, I always, um, I think of this one time cause I'm one of those like raise your hand kind of people. Like I'm always have something <laughs> to share and I'm sure I bug the crap out of so many people in meetings and <laughs> conferences and whatever, but I'm like, I'm here, I'm spending my time. I'm going to get the information I want, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it was, I was in college. I was taking a statistics 
statistics class at, um, I think it was like research and statistics at mm-hmm. San Jose State. And it's not my forte. I'm not good at statistics. Um, but I kept asking questions or answering questions when the teacher would ask, when the professor would ask. And she was a brand new professor. It was her first time teaching. Can't even remember the lady's name. But at one point, nobody else would answer. Nobody else would raise their hand. And at one point, I raised my hand. She asked a question. I raised my hand to answer it. And she looked at me and she looked at everybody else. And she was like, she was like, really? Nobody else? And I put my hand down and the rest of the semester, I didn't talk. Yeah. And she, sometimes she would ask questions and she would look at me like, come on, like answer. Yeah. Like you say something. Yeah. I wanna, and I was like, nah, girl, we good. Yep. I don't need to talk to you. Um, And I hope that for her, that was a learning experience. Like, yes, I get that you would love for the rest of your class to participate, but you have one student who really wants to. Yeah. So why are you dismiss that? Yeah. You know? And so I think that's a lot of times what happens is like um, as adults or as uh, educators, you have this perspective of like, I'm in control. I'm the person who knows I'm the oracle of all knowledge. Yeah. Like you're not. And that's OK. Right. Yeah. Be welcomed to learning from the the people holding space with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anae, too. I think we're. We're almost an hour in. Uh, let's let's wrap up the segment yeah. and open to the others. <laughs> so, um, Anai, as a last question for the segment, uh, Daniel and I always ask the question, what advice would you give to the youth or someone, doesn't even have to be someone young, that is interested in your line of work? What would you recommend to them about stepping into that space or opportunity? Yeah, um, I think that they're, one of the biggest things they can do is like research and talk to people like network because um I didn't realize the number of things that I could do with my degree um as, even as a bath in a in a bachelor setting um or you know now um in having my master's, talk to people, like put yourself out there because you don't know who you're going to meet. That's going to open a door for something, you know, like larger. Um, And by doing so, you might recognize that like, yeah, I really am into early childhood education. I care about children, but being a teacher is not my thing, but we have, you know, um, admin positions. We have business positions. We have um, finance and all these other pieces that support these programs that, these people are needed, you know, mm-hmm. but you having the passion and care for families and children is going to like make you better suited for that job than yeah. somebody who doesn't have any, but like maybe they just have like a degree in finance. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a lot of realms in, in or a lot of ways that you can help children and families that doesn't necessarily mean being in the classroom or being an educator. Okay, that's good. And if anyone has any questions or would like to connect with you, uh, can they message you or email you or? Yeah. 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 Okay? Um, I, they can, I'll, I'll give my Instagram um, cause I'll, or, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn, I guess I don't use it so much, but, um, my, my Instagram, I actually have two, I have to get the name of the other one because sometimes I forget. Um, so, uh, as part of my master's program, me and two, me and three of my colleagues created, um, a makerspace pop-up event for, um, we did one actually in Idaho. Uh, two of the people in my group were in Idaho and then we did two, uh, we did one here in Northern California, um, where children could just come. And we did this in the, in Northern California, we did it in a city that is a childcare desert. They don't have any open childcare centers and they have a lot of young kids in the community. Um, so most of the parents have to drive to take their children to childcare or, you know, early education setting or their stay at home parents. Um, and then the other one in Idaho is mostly migrant community, Mm. um, you know, underserved. Service, 
um, or underrepresented community. And so that Instagram is provoking learning, period, through play. Um, and we haven't posted on there in a little bit, but we are planning to, to host more of those pop-up events. Oh, awesome. um, it's completely free. Children and families can come. They can take intelligent materials, loose parts, recyclables um, home and so that they, you know, families can see their children in, playing in action. Oh, wow. Um, and then my my regular me um, Instagram is uh, Nani's, N-A-N-I-S-J-A-Y. Nani's J, that's my regular Instagram. So message me on there. Um, if you have questions, I'm, I'm of those people that's like, yeah, let me hook you up with like, let me get you connected with that person. Yeah. Or I know my brother, my brother's like, if I ever have a question about something random and I'm like, I wonder who knows somebody who knows that I know it's you. Like, I'm like, I'm going to message you and ask how I get a foyer. Where can so, I get one of those art TVs at? I, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Junior, I think it's a Google TV. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Junior, my birthday's coming. I'm a size uh, picture frame TV. Uh, <laughs> I'm a size foyer. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's switch it up and move into our next segment, which is our language le- uh, language lesson segment. So Daniel, would you mind sharing what our word is? Yeah. So since we were talking about you know education and children today, we thought it'd be good to teach you how to say child or children in in Nimiputimpt and Spanish so how to say that how to say child in Nespers in the Nespers language is just miats miats or for children it's mamayats mamayats i like that mamayats it's yep. is it a mamayats. soft x or a hard x no it's a c it's like a mamayats. yeah i, was gonna say, I don't think it's an x at all <laughs> <laughs> a mamayats Okay. Okay. Thank you, Chigax. In Spanish, to say uh, child, there's a lot of ways that you can say many words in Spanish, but I'm just going to tell you how to say uh, boy or girl. Um, So you would say niño or niña, and I'm sure those those are words you've heard before. Niño or niña. Sounds good. I was thinking like chamacos. Yeah, slang. Yeah, (laughs) slang, chamacos, esquinkles when they're being not so great, when they're not listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into our Shades of Brown Shady question segment to wrap up the episode. Oh. So our Shades of Brown Shady question uh, segment, if you're listening for the very first time, goes as follows. All our guests will get asked three questions that are the same for everybody, but that are very challenging because no matter how you answer it, you may end up in the hot seat with your close mm. friends or whoever the question is about. Um, and so the rules are we absolutely answer two questions uh, and can skip one, uh, but we encourage everybody to answer all three if you are brave so i will ask the question and we usually let our uh guests go first so we'll uh you know ask anai to go first and we'll go from there sound good i'm ready all right so our first question is what kind of alcoholic beverage would you guess is a go-to for the other guests what would you guess is an alcoholic beverage of choice for us a go-to uh okay i'm gonna Um, feel a little judged here in a second but that's okay i'm trying to think about all the things you drank this <laughs> this weekend um and i mean you had a lot of champagne but that was circumstantial and it was yeah. brunch time was brunch, so that's yeah. fine um and then you had it you had a couple beers at the bar mm-hmm. um so i want to say like a, a beer or a whiskey 
is more your vibe? Yes, I would say yes. Yes. Okay, whiskey. Cool. So my go-to is a uh, whiskey sour. Uh, oh, whiskey and sour. I will actually, beer is almost, uh, if I'm winding down and I need a, you know what I mean? Like yeah. That's, yeah. So that's, yes. Yes. Yeah. You guys did not come out to Perriot afterwards. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> you guys stayed <laughs> Um And for Daniel, um, I don't know why I want to say like a mezcal, like a reposado, like a tequila reposado. Like you just seem like chill. I mean, you're funny. I know you are. Like you just seem like chill. Like I'm just going to relax with this drink on the rocks. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I used tequila used to be my go-to. Like I would, yep. I do, I do enjoy a good tequila. Um, yeah, but I know I, you like a Latina. So yeah. like, <laughs> just kind of makes sense. And, but I feel like now, though, that I'm getting older, I am always down for a Malibu and pineapple just because oh. I call I call that my marathon drink. So I can have like 50 of those and be OK still. So, yeah. okay. so that's usually what I have if I know I'm going to like be out for a long time. I'm like, oh, I'll just do that because it's not going to get me too messed up. Yeah, it keeps I, you sustained. Yeah. And it's not it's it. just. Yeah. But when that's... I was younger and like loved to turn up and have a good time, I was always tequila, okay. tequila and Sprite. I was going to say that's crazy because him in college on a, Malibu, on a Malibu pineapple <laughs> no was, that wasn't that was a different that was I'm a not, different Daniel I'm not shaming here but uh, no. you know, Daniel was on one yeah no. he's, he's sex positive it's fine yeah and we're here no. okay, yeah, pictures, I mean, celebrate it yeah yeah I think that drink did it for all of us in our group <laughs> I think that drink was the that's how we knew no. we were having one of those nights is like oh who brought the Malibu <laughs> Uh, next but, question before the yeah. conversation goes. <laughs> I'm like, who was your childhood best friend and why? And are they still your best friend? Um, and are they still in your life? Um, I moved a lot when I was little. Um, I moved, I don't know, like think like seven times by the time we moved uh, to the Central Valley. And oh. so I don't feel like I had a childhood best friend, like from school, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say in like the cheesiest way possible my cousin ariana like okay. even to this day when we get together it's like rib splitting laughs like you're just can't you know mm-hmm. she's, yeah. a good, she's a good time so yeah i would i would say my cousin ariana like she's um her birthday's april 13th mine is april 14th we were born the same year so we were always together oh, okay yeah. you didn't just snub somebody from your childhood like <laughs> no <laughs> no the only other person that i thought of was this girl named brandy who lived behind me um and we lived at the that house for uh probably the longest that we lived anywhere um, else but i don't i think she's like my facebook friend but we don't talk to each other I'm, anymore oh i don't know her okay <laughs> um, last question if you were in a zombie apocalypse envision all your close friends or your friend your close friend group mm-hmm. um who would die first who would sacrifice sacrifice themselves for the greater good who would be the expert zombie slayer who would be the survivalist that would outlast everyone and who would find the cure Dang, I'm like, I think and i'm thinking hard. about do i have that many friends i, I know i'm like well, that's a lot know. of questions who would die first and who would find the cure I feel like, uh, sorry, Junior, but I feel like Junior would die first. He's not trying to get messy. He's not going to sacrifice himself for anybody. Like, buena suerte. I lived a good life. Um, In his foyer, right? Yeah, his foyer. He wouldn't even come outside. He's like, no, thank you. That's not Um, I feel like who would find the cure? Shoot. 
Um, I'm going to say, um, damn, I don't know. You got any smart, smart friends? friends. So I, I'm like, I know, who are my really smart friends? I have a lot of smart friends. We all have different intelligences, Javier. I don't have like science friends. Um, my, oh my, I'm like, who can I think of that's like real scientific? Dang, shading all your friends. No, I just don't know anyone who does science stuff. I, don't, I have a friend who's a geologist, um, so I don't know that she could help us though. I'm a, can she find a cure? Can she find a cure? Maybe, maybe. Maybe it's in the rocks. Um, so I would say my sorority sister, Amanda, okay. um, she's my she's my geologist friend. Okay. She would at least know how to work in a lab, right? So she'd be able okay. to like figure some stuff out. So she'd Something. maybe find the cure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what kind of alcoholic beverage would I guess is a go-to? I would say for Javi, I mean, since I already know it is a whiskey sour, but I feel like you're also one of those, like, Cosmo guys, you know? <laughs> a penny. He was, he was a buying pe- the heck out of my guava margarita. Uh, a penny dropper. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I know that you are a whiskey and sour guy. Every time you go out, you're always having a whiskey and sour. Um, I think for Anaí, I would say, I feel like you would be like, um, I feel like... Hmm. I would oh. say like one of those like spicy margaritas, you know, like with the little jalapeno <laughs> in be? there. <laughs> because I don't know, those are good. And you said you... spicy Latina. <laughs> <laughs> because you said that you, I don't know, oh. I just feel like you would you I... question a lot of things. So maybe you'd be like, "What's in this drink?" <laughs> you're, you're, I feel like you were so close to say a Mexican margarita. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is there any oh, other kind? <laughs> There's a Salvadorian margarita. Yeah. <laughs> like the Salvadorian horchata. <laughs> um, and who is my childhood best friend? So, and are they still in my life? So, yeah, my childhood best friend is Mateo. Uh, we've been friends since we were like, gosh, probably first or second grade. Uh, we're still friends to this day. And he's always just been, he's like my friend that like, um, I go to for, I guess, like the, to see the bigger picture of everything like the he's yeah. not usually the turn up friend or like the although last weekend we did get him we, he did turn up last weekend for the two chains concert but uh yeah so i'd say mateo he's definitely been my friend for the last 20 plus years um in a zombie apocalypse i would who would die i would have to say javi would die first um i i can see that and he's, he's not, not the aggressive hunt. one I'm not gonna go. yeah. <laughs> he'd be like can it's, you just blame me already yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if I can hold up in a Costco, I'll live as long as that. Yeah. <laughs> um, who would sacrifice themselves for the greater good? Honestly, I can kind of see Keanu doing that. The one from the Bay, you know, like oh, I can see her being. Real. That's why I can see her being like, "Take me," and we'd be like, "Go yeah. ahead," you know. Yeah. <laughs> And her, her zombie would be all getting hyphy. Yeah. <laughs> 
And um, who would who would survive out of everyone? I would probably have to say who would survive would probably be Mateo because Mateo never leaves his house, so he would oh. probably wouldn't even know that's going on. He'd be like, "Oh man, what's going on?" And then, <laughs> <laughs> that would be you Mateo. Their phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, who would find the cure? I would say honestly, I could say I could see Javi finding the cure too, though, because he's pretty Javi smart. Works. So I, I couldn't can. see you. In there, I'm like, hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> my calculation. <laughs> Goodness gracious, everybody! Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. It's oh just... my ears! <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> I was like, whoa! Okay, so Go in there. The bite, after the bite, after yeah. The, okay, so yeah, yeah. What yeah. kind of alcoholic beverage would you all guess? So, Daniel, I know you love a good. Uh, I don't know if you do them anymore, but like a good. Uh, what did you call them? Um, a gin and gin and Seven Up or a gin and tonic? No, it was a vodka. Vodka. Vodka Seven Up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You do those, um, and I. I would also say you're like a Long Island. Oh, I see. That too. You know, like you. I've, yeah. I've never had one. What? <laughs> An AMF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I call it water from the ocean, but uh, I feel like but I've, I've drank them, but I don't like AMFs. You don't like it? Yeah. Um, I would say maybe like a white Russian, maybe could also be. Like I liked red. your your uh, what was it called? A Colorado Bulldog because I had a white. Russian I liked the Colorado. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You do love a Colorado yummy. Bulldog. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Those are my jam. Um, And then, (laughs) let's see, who was my childhood best friend? So I actually had, I met my best friend in second grade. Um, I've shared the story about how, like, I wanted to join orchestra or whatever in elementary school, and their mom paid for it for me secretly. I found out years later because my parents couldn't afford it. So I learned how to play the cello for, like, three or four years or whatever. Um, So your boy knows how to play the cello or did. Hey. Um, And my friend is not in my life because they ghosted me oh. <laughs> oh. Um, and it's trauma that i've you know i'm working through with my therapist so <laughs> you can laugh it's Shout out to javier's therapist javi 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 did the he did like the repeated uh generation was a cycle ghosting. yeah it was like, wow, i javi. got i got i got ghosted and it hurt and then i actually did ghost a friend too that oh. i'm not proud of but it was it was needed at the <laughs> time and it was the best i knew at the time through therapy i'm also working to forgive myself (laughs) yeah well just to clarify my go-to drink would probably be a mojito like a watermelon mojito regular mojito i like mint um or like a vodka tonic like if i'm trying to you know save money and calories um oh is that a cheap drink i didn't know i don't know if it's cheap but i don't think it's as expensive (laughs) as stuff that has hella other things in it (laughs) at least that's what i tell myself okay (laughs) don't worry about what i do <laughs> like monarch monarch yeah. seven up <laughs> i was like oh um and then in a zombie apocalypse envision close friend group who would die first junior um i agree <laughs> in his foyer. uh in his tessie trying to drive away um <laughs> he just ran out of battery my car died <laughs> He's like, he's like, not on my Tessie. <laughs> They're all trying to get in. Getting a Tessie dirty game. Yeah, back up. Why does he say? Tessie hurts. 
<laughs> He'd be like, yeah, little zombies. Okay. And then um, who would sacrifice themselves for the greater good? I don't have any friend that's that good. I <laughs> Hillary, um, well, she's not that uh, good. She... <laughs> Juan, it's okay. Juan, I think out of all of us, like Juan, Juan is probably... he's so yeah, that. he's a good soul. Okay, he would do it. Yeah, I feel like who would be an expert zombie slayer? Uh, probably my brother Lalo. He owns a oh, yeah. ton of guns. Uh, I just feel like he would. I guess he, and he knows how to use it. Zombie Christian too. too. Um, who would be a survivalist? That would be Christian because he loves to fish and he's out in the outdoors and he oh, works yeah. out every day. So he'd have good condition, outrun the zombies, get his food. <laughs> he'd be good. Not me. He would be good. Um, and who would find the cure? Uh, I don't have. <laughs> I. I don't. Like, I don't hmm. think. Yeah, I don't have like a doctor scientist friend like you and I, um, or a fraternity it's brother hard. either to think about it. Uh, oh yeah, I do. Oscar Salinas, but we're not close friends. And I would he die first? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have enough to do that. <laughs> I just shaded some people there, but whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I. That was good. Thank you both for. I learned a lot about you two and what you think about people. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well i guess to just wrap things up um if you haven't yet give us a follow on instagram at the brownstown podcast that's where we share all of our content all of our fun little games on our stories and everything else related to the podcast that's how you can get a hold of us through instagram so make sure you go and follow and double tap our pictures (laughs) um if you haven't yet give us a five star rating wherever you listen to us whether it's apple spotify or google wherever wherever you find your podcast at please we appreciate all the positive feedback and mm-hmm. other than that i mean what else is going on she gets any final, final yeah words? usually on a we do closing thoughts any last words before we peace out i want to say thank you for letting me come on here um i'm a big fan um i didn't get a sticker this weekend i don't know why oh, wow. um, just gonna throw that shade out there um wow, i love the work that you guys are doing and um this was this was a lot of fun my my I was going to add um, that I just loved the energy. This episode felt so organic. I think it's going to be one mm-hmm. of our longest episodes ever. Um, I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> one of our, almost going to be like a two-parter. <laughs> We're going to release half this week, half next. <laughs> but I love that, though. That just speaks to our ability to just keep the conversations going and us having mm-hmm. fun. It's It's yeah. been great. I've learned a lot about child, early childhood education from you, and I, I have never really thought about like play as a way to learn. Um, mm-hmm. But it does make me think of all the times that I was young and that I did things and how I did take learning and education out of them in ways that I didn't really think about as a kid. Um, but I, I just want to say thank you. You're always welcome to come back. I Junior's going to have a blast listening to this, I feel. <laughs> We're going to get the tech for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would just say I, I love having you on and i i um and i'm excited for all your advocacy work um and and how it's going to impact all the little kids um and so it's going to be great and i appreciate all the work you do i think that's one of the things we don't say enough thanking people for the things that they do and the Mm -hmm. value they bring and 
to their community. So keep up the great work. Thank you. All right. Well, again, thank you. You're always welcome back to the Brown Sound. It's been fun. It's been nice getting to know you in this, you know, last hour and a half, almost two hours. (laughs) (laughs) It's been, it's just been good laughs. And I definitely just, you know, I feel like we needed this. It was good, a good little break, but it's good to get back into the rotation of things. We had, I've had people like, hey, did you put a new episode out yet? And I'm like, oh, sorry, we took a break. Well, I didn't even tell nobody we took a break. <laughs> taking a break. But anyways, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, I know. But anyways, hope everyone, um, you know, stay safe out there and uh, still continue to wear deodorant because it is still warm outside. And so oh, drink, yeah, drink all your water and, and your all your bevies and be safe. Have a good one. Yeah. Adios. Bye. Cut Siao and muchas gracias for listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We had a blast with y'all today and make sure to tune in next time. To follow us more closely, check us out on Instagram at the Brown Sound Podcast for partnership opportunities or just want to get a hold of us, you can shoot us a DM on Instagram. Disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and hosts only.